There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, we have an update on the story around surrounding Asia Argento. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer and yesterday Asia was denying that she had any sexual involvement with a, a, a young man who at the time was 17 when she was accused of um, having a sexual relationship with him. Yep. Uh, yesterday she was denying that. Well, today the story has changed and boy has it changed in a big way. There are, are photographs of the two of them lounging together in bed. Clearly naked from the top or the waist up, at least. Yes. And um, looking tousled. Yeah. Uh, this is not a photo that just, you know, like two people hanging out. No. This is a post or pre uh, lovemaking or something happening experience for sure. No. I shouldn't say lovemaking because, again, the allegations are sexual assault. <clears throat> exactly. Or a sexual relationship that was inappropriate by uh, a, an adult woman and a underage Boy. Mm-hmm. So we um, we had heard rumor of this yesterday. We had heard rumors that there was a photograph, um, at least from TMZ. TMZ was reporting they had seen the photograph, but they were not. They had not printed the photograph. Well, now the photograph has been printed by TMZ, etc. But the other thing that has come to light is a series of texts that happened between Asia Argento, who again, just to give, to lend a little bit more context to this story and why it's such a huge deal. I mean, it's just a huge deal anyway, but it's complicated because Asia Argento was one of the, the leaders in the Me Too movement. She was one of the first people to speak out against uh, Harvey Weinstein as a victim of Harvey Weinstein's. Um, she was also the girlfriend of Anthony Bourdain, the late uh, celebrity chef. And he's involved in this story because he is named as the person who helped pay to essentially silence the young man who was accusing Asia Argento of this, uh, you know, inappropriate activity. Well, apparently uh, a friend of Asia Argento's who she had been texting has has leaked her text yeah so i think you should read the text because i think i think you know again alleged we don't know blah 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 blah, screenshots but read to people what we do have in front of us. okay so it's it starts with the unnamed person so i will just call that person asia's friend uh and she says uh 
Like, which things are facts or not facts? It's an annoying question, but I need to have a clear vision of what angles we have to send some folks to get good intel for us. Okay, so right there, it already sounds like this person is in a helping position. Uh, And then Asia says, the public knows nothing, only what the New York Times wrote, which is one-sided. The shakedown letter, the horny kid jumped me, she says. And Asia's friend says, so was it rape or an attempted sexual action? Asia said, I had sex with him. It felt weird. I didn't know he was a minor until the shakedown letter. So there she admits that they did have sex. That's not the fact that she's lying about not knowing he's a minor because she has known him since he was seven. Okay, but there's okay, yes. And she knew his age. But what she did not understand was, oh, was that, that 17 was, was a minor. Oh. So you'll hear that coming up. Okay. So then the friend says, uh, I, you know, there's some that are missing, texts that are missing. And so, but she says, the friend says, um, either one is good enough to show that you actively frowned upon his advances. So obviously the friend is asking for some sort of evidence that he was... Um, that he was sort of interacting with her. And she says, Asia says, no, it was all on Snapchat. It disappeared. I didn't report it because I always felt bad for this Hollywood failed child actor, a casualty of the machine of his parents. I have 80 pages on him by a PI that Anthony hired, meaning Anthony Bourdain. It's really bad. It sounds like Harvey Weinstein. Then uh, the friend said, yeah, we always, we don't always think of ourselves in those time periods. And then Asia said, I don't know what that means. Asia said, all of the, all of Anthony's emails put pushing me to accept pay, except to, to, accept pay. to pay my emails with Carrie, where we disagreed with that. I don't know who Carrie is. Um, anyway, then the friend says, yeah, we you still need to prove the money came from Anthony's account or an affiliate account, but this is looking rear for you. The New York times will look like fools. You got this. And then Asia says, Carrie never wanted to do this. She wanted to go to the press first and show the extortion I was being threatened with. Yeah, of course. If that's what you believe actually happened. Yeah. So then the friend goes out to like lay out some next steps. And then Asia says, I'm thinking about leaking through a trusted friend to the Guardian. If I lose my job, I will move to Africa or the Amazon forest. I want to be among the 90% of the world that doesn't give a bleep about this bleep. Not the conniving sick 10% of the entitled Westerners. Uh, anyway. Oh, gross. And yeah. her friend says Africa is gorgeous and absolutely safer than people give it credit for. She says Ethiopia or Senegal, maybe Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, this Okay. We really, could go on. Yeah, but I do just really quickly want to say uh, there's there's interaction about whether or not she talked to her therapist, obviously looking for some documents, documentation. This is a person who is trying to help Asia figure out how to prove that she's innocent, even though she had sex with a minor. There is a narrative that emerges from this and what the narrative seems to be. But again, you can't draw conclusions based on this. So let's let's for the sake of this argument, take that those texts are true, right? Mm -hmm. That those actually existed. You can go read them on TMZ if you want Mm -hmm. in great detail um, because we didn't even read all of them. So let's just assume for the sake of this argument that those are true. What emerges from that only is that she is engaging another person to uh, explain why she didn't do anything wrong. However, that does not indicate she didn't do anything wrong. It indicates that that is the storyline that she is committing to. 
that is not like the truth. Because if you do read those texts, it sounds very much like she felt like she was a victim and she was being extorted. To which I would say, well, if you were being extorted, then you go forward with the police. You don't actually, you don't pay the kidnappers, right? Like, or you don't pay the uh, the terrorists or right. pay the, what it, right. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, to me, these texts don't, don't you know, uh, vindicate her, but they also don't, necessarily incriminate her. Sure. Um, There's so much more that we need to know from this, but I will say the sort of cavalier way in which she talks about sexual, the, the topic of sexual assault or the um, cavalier way in which she talks about these things in terms of presenting them to the media is just kind of gross and it doesn't do her any favors from a political or from a public image standpoint. But, but you know, one of the things that sort of speaks loudly to me is the fact that um, you can see that in her mind, she's not going to classify this as sexual assault because, and she will give you 300 reasons why it wasn't. Now that said, Bradley, to your point, you said, who does this sound like? Harvey Weinstein did the same exact thing with all of the women he victimized. He would say, no, it was consensual. He would have, and I, I don't know about you, but I got the impression that, that he, he really did believe that he was not acting inappropriately. Now there's a piece of this story that I think will help put things into context for people. And I think when we come back, we should probably, um, you know, sort of lay out a timeline because once you start to see this story in the context of the timeline of the Me Too movement and Asia Ozzy Argento's role in that, I think it's really going to open your mind in a way that um, will lead you to more questions. That said, really quickly, I just wanted to say um, about this whole. Uh, oh, how, what did I want to say? Basically, this argument that like. Oh, he was 17 and in France it's 15. Mm-hmm. And like, if it was a simple case of I had sex with someone who was under the age of legal consent, but it was technically consensual and, um, you know, I had no idea. And in my country, we do this all the time, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Why wouldn't you have just said those things? Right. Because at least then the argument is whether or not people will agree to overlook the fact that you broke the law, but maybe it's not the worst law you could have broken. Right. Instead, what you've done from the the information we have in front of us is pay someone several hundred thousand dollars to keep this quiet. And I don't feel like that makes you look very good. No, it doesn't. And also, I just would add that um, all of this rigmarole that seems to be happening behind the scenes to stuff the story down, it's 2018. We have a number of different, um, we have a number of different, uh, what's the word, tools at our fingertips to be able to uncover more to the story. And so at this point, it's like, it's time to get honest with what's actually going on because the, the, the odd weird cover up, it's just not working. It's yeah. It's the cover up that makes this stink to high heaven. Exactly. Especially when you learn when this all took place and that's what we should focus on when we come back. Yep. We're going to go through a timeline of, uh, of the me too movement and where we are now with Asia Argento as a, as an accused um, assaulter as well here on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk one Oh seven talking about the um, the developments in this story surrounding Asia Argento and a underage actor 
who she allegedly had a sexual relationship with. Um, It's kind of important to understand a little bit better the timeline around her involvement in the Me Too movement until where we are now. And so Holly is going to kind of bring us all together on that on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Um, I just wanted to say this all sort of uh, coalesced for me and my brain earlier today. So Dawn from the morning show was, um, at, she asked her really, um, I thought, thought great question she's like wait did this accusation or did the payment for this accusation because again we know that Ozzy Argento paid this young man like 300 some thousand dollars allegedly Anthony Bourdain made the payment possible he was the one that thought that she should do this did she do that before uh this me too scandal broke or after um because that really I think I think paints a picture that will help us better understand the story. To that point, Holly, you had a you had a nice summary, and I thought listeners would would benefit from hearing that. Yeah. So the outline kind of goes as follows: the timeline of all of these events was that the alleged sexual assault happened in 2013 between Asia Argento and Jimmy Bennett. Now, the Harvey Weinstein New York Times article that really catapulted the Me Too movement into existence and into the public consciousness that was published on October 5th of 2017. So mm. it was early October. Then the following week, five days later. The New Yorker published an article by Ronan Farrow featuring Asia Argento's accusations against Harvey Weinstein. So all of that happened in early October of last year. Now, Jimmy Bennett's lawyers sent a notice of intent to sue to Asia Argento in November of 2017, about a month after uh. those articles were published in The New York Times and The New Yorker. Then, so in other words, really quick, sorry, just to oh yeah, pause go, it for yeah. a second. In other words, in in all likelihood, uh, Jimmy Bennett, the seven, the the young man who was 17 at the time of that of that sexual relationship, saw her name attached already to Harvey Weinstein and thought, well, hang on a second. Yeah. And then went and Perhaps, lawyered up. I mean, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, and and I think I may be speaking out of school, but it was the fact that those articles were published and Asia Argento was involving herself in the Me Too movement Mm -hmm. that made Jimmy Bennett go, hey, wait a second. This happened to me in 2013. This is not okay. Now, that initial notice of intent that was sent to Asia Argento's people asked for $3.5 million in damages because what he was saying that as a result of that sexual assault, he lost his ability to earn a living because it was Mm -hmm. very traumatic for him. Mm -hmm. So there was back and forth between the lawyers, and then they ultimately decided that they would settle for about $350,000. Now, the first payment of that agreement was made in April of this year. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
So the payment was already made in April of 2018 to mm-hmm. Jimmy Bennett. And then Asia Argento goes to the Cannes Film Festival in late May of this year and give, gave that really emboldened and passionate speech about uh, the Me Too movement in the state of world cinema and basically calling out people in the audience and saying, watch out, you're next. The frustrating thing about all of this is that Anthony Bourdain is no longer here to share his side of the story because, you know, all of the headlines today are uh, Ozzy Argento says Anthony Bourdain paid Jimmy Bennett in sexual assault case. She denies allegations, claims Anthony paid off accuser, denies sexual assault allegations, says Anthony Bourdain paid accuser. Like whether or not that's true, it's just really unfortunate because it's like, well, Okay, so you say that that happened, but he's not here to defend himself. So it's just, you know, regardless of the actual truth of the matter, it's incredibly tragic. And I just don't understand that in the mo. And again, I'm not saying what actually happened Mm because I don't know. But just from the things we can see, it seems incredibly um, bizarre to me that. As all of this Me Too stuff is happening and we're talking about the importance of being honest and open and not hiding and not, you know, traveling under the dark of night to spy on people, to get dirt, to disprove their character, to call uh, people who claim that they are victims, whether you think they are or not, crazy. Like that she's engaging in that very same behavior and potentially Mm -hmm. Anthony Bourdain, too. Again, he can't defend himself is really frustrating and shocking, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and she seems to be blind to it. I think that's what is even more frustrating, is that you know this would be an opportunity for her to be able to identify in some way with the victim, but that's or not to just be the honest course. Yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point, right? But that's just not the course that she's obviously taking. Yeah. Uh, again, more will be revealed. Oh, I'm certain by tomorrow we'll have a whole different story. story. It really is. But we got D-bags after this. Oh. Celebrities behaving badly. They do it all the time. They're going to keep on doing it. And uh, so we're going to keep doing this segment on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, calling those celebrities behaving badly out by calling them a name. And that name is D Bag. Uh-huh. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D Bag? Oh my gosh, this pains me. I just want you to know that oh. I, it hurts me to say okay. that I am crowning Carson Cressley. You're crowning Carson Cressley? That must wow. be uncomfortable. Is that the name of a new reality docuseries? Why is your D-bag? I know, it's killing me. So he is, um, he's a D-bag today because he said... Of the new Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which uh, incidentally has been, you know, loved by so many viewers. I think the, you yeah, know, everybody seems to love the reboot. Yeah. Um, he said of the new Queer Eye, he said, um, who's nominated, by the way, for an Emmy and deserves it. He said, I'm thrilled that they're nominated, but. It was a little more groundbreaking back when we won an Emmy in 2004. Oh. Um, okay, we don't need to like have a groundbreaking off because the show does not even pretend to take place in the same time 
as the original one did, yeah. right? It doesn't even, it acknowledges that we are at a different point in our conversation in the, in our current culture. It's not, doesn't have to be a competition. Carson, you're the only one who's making it a competition. How about when we all win, we all win. When we all do better, we all do better. Yeah. I, you know, look, um, oh, look, a gay man like Carson Kressley is a bitchy queen. Surprise. Uh, I say that because he is not maybe the quietest person in the room. Um, I also think that there's a tendency to sort of, you know, create this like notion that gay men like him are bitchy queens. Mm -hmm. And so any little shady moment, people want to blow out of proportion. I was hoping today that he would have said something else to sort of clarify that he was, you know, not being as shady as this makes him sound. Mm -hmm. If that is indeed the case, then he should probably um, apologize because this is not the moment to appear like a bitter old queen. Right. I mean, there is a time and a place for that. About bitter old queens. Yeah. I have many friends. That are bitter old queens. And, and you, you know who you are. Sir, are a bitter, bitter old, old queen. queen. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and, and look, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he thought that. I mean, of course, like, I'm sure all of the original cast is a little bit like, wow, this is interesting. I mean, we were doing it 20 years ago, bye, or 10 years ago, bye. I, I don't doubt that those people have those sure. feelings, but I don't know that this is the moment to take a shot no. in public about it. No. And seriously, I don't know. Have you watched the new Queer Eye no, on Netflix? It just, it's one of those shows that I, I didn't watch the first one. I'm not motivated to watch the second. It's difficult and complicated and you don't care about it, um, about my feelings regarding the matter. But no, I have not. I have not watched it. I've watched a couple episodes. I, I'm not. It's not the kind of show that I would give an afternoon to. I mean, there's so many other things on my list that I need to get through. I watched a couple episodes. I thought they were totally delightful, but I will tell you everybody I know who has watched the whole they entire season, like doesn't Jamie just kind of like it. Like in tears. Like he it. was literally yeah, like <laughs> ugly crying. Yeah. And like, I mean, there definitely are some boohoo moments and I, and again, it is great. It is not a show that I, I have too many other things on my list. And someday, you know, when I'm sick in bed, I will sit and binge this. However, yeah. um, it's just not necessary no, to do the comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, fine. Yeah. No, I know. Anyway, you're a D-bag, Carson. And it pains me oh, to say it. Let me just give you a D-bag. And you a D-bag! And you a D-bag! You're all getting D-bags! Oprah is my D-bag for today. I'm so excited to tell this story to you and to all of the listeners. Why is Oprah my D-bag? Because of this headline that I saw this morning. Oprah Winfrey unveils new line of frozen pizza with cauliflower crust. Okay. Okay. I would like you to listen to Oprah Winfrey... Enjoying her new frozen pizza line with cauliflower crust. Stop 
Stop it. That is Oprah with her new line. Now, I've got so much to tell you. Hilarious. Um, you know, look, you you were like doing the cauliflower crust before anybody yeah, exactly. was doing it. You were like annoying us left and right with you guys. This eight hour process that I have to make this very healthy crust. But I get it. We all do these things, right? Cauliflower crust was an actual thing. Well, she created a line of cauliflower crust frozen pizzas. Colleen, first of all, it's a third of the crust is yeah. cauliflower. Yeah, it's so it's not with a twist, thing. they call it. It actually has less than two servings of vegetable. But anyway, I'll, I'll get to the nutritional facts in just a moment because they will delight you. Pizza is a favorite, fun, and easy food to share with family and friends, Winfrey said. I am always looking to add a nutritious twist to my food. So we made part of the crust in my new pizza with cauliflower while maintaining that classic cheesy pizza flavor you and your family love. Okay. I can't right now. That doesn't shock me or surprise me. It's Oprah. She's just like, give me all the money. I want it all. Look at my toilet paper. I'm selling toilet paper with a nutritional twist. I mean, that's what's next. But here's what's so delightful about this story. If I say to you, dear listener... Colleen, mm-hmm. when you buy the Oprah pizza, what are you like? Why? Like what makes you want to buy this pizza with the cauliflower crust twist? The the notion that it is a healthier option, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. You right? mean like like there's some additional nutrition going right, on. Exactly. Because it's a cauliflower crust pizza. Right. Like that's why you would. Oh, I, I can't. I'm I'm already exploding right now but go ahead also it just look you're explode did you eat the cauliflower no, I, I just i have an emotion that i really need What's to your share emotion? i want to hear the rest of your thing and then i'll have my emotion okay. um first why can't i hear my oh because i turned my volume down i couldn't hear myself i got real confused oh um her pizza looks like any other honestly garden variety <laughs> uh frozen pizza as far as i can tell it's got a beautiful oprah box mm-hmm. it's got oprah's signature o mm-hmm. on the front and it's called o oh that's, that's good. good now i took the um one of the pizzas mm-hmm. one of the frozen pizzas and then i looked up a tombstone frozen pizza mm-hmm. can i share with you some yeah, titillating tidbits mm mm-hmm. mhm Okay, so for roughly about the same size of a uh, serving of pizza, it's like a fifth of this pizza, the mm-hmm. calories in the Oprah, 320. Now, in a very similar Tombstone original, Supreme Pizza, 300. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, total fat in the Oprah pizza, 13 grams. Mm-hmm. In the Tombstone pizza, 11. 14 grams. Oh, okay. okay, so okay. you save a gram Close. of fat. Okay. Right? Um, let's see, sodium. Mm-hmm. Seven in, in the Oprah pizza, 720 grams of sodium. In the tombstone, 640 grams of sodium. Mm-hmm. Uh carbs. So far, oh, that's good is not doing so good. Carbohydrates. Okay. 39 grams in the Oprah pizza. Mm-hmm. 31 grams in the tombstone. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is I'm better off with a tombstone. Okay. Yes, I, exactly. Oh These gosh. pizzas are not healthier for you. And the notion and, and what the, the, the fake news, um, 
uh, goopy experience that's happening here is that people are going into the store. And sure, there are some people who are just like Oprah fans. Fine, you want to buy Oprah's pizza versus Tombstone because you want to give Oprah all your money? I don't care. But the notion, she is selling you the notion that you are going to be healthier without coming directly out and saying it otherwise. But she does use the words nutritional twist when really look at the ingredients on both of those pizzas. There ain't much different going on. And that, to me, is the most frustrating thing about this. That is frustrating. This is the thing that is the most frustrating for me. Yeah. Is that she is doing to adults what parents do to their children to try to get them to eat vegetables. Yeah. And that frustrates me because you are an adult. You should not need to sneak your vegetables into your pizza dough. Also, do you see what I'm saying? You're an adult. Eat your dumb vegetables. Shut your mouth. And don't, you don't just, she doesn't, don't quit trying to hide my vegetables. And the point is like, sure, you're hiding some vegetables, but if you're eating frozen pizza, the nutritional value of that frozen pizza is no different. Like right. the thing that's burnt, sure, maybe you, you actually don't get any more fiber. I will tell you, in fact, the fiber, um, there is like one gram more of fiber in Oprah's pizza than than the other pizza. I mean, literally, you could eat a piece of cauliflower with your tombstone and you're fine. So the to me, it's just like people are going to buy these things thinking that they're healthier. They ain't healthier. Save y'all money. And you're not Go getting, buy the tombstone. Actually, you, buy a Higgies. Colleen, don't like it's it. It's not but good. I do. There's more for you. It is mu- much good. And it's. I thought you liked the Higgies. She did a blind it. test. Taste, we did a blind she likes taste it, test but on she the doesn't show. Like it. I don't like it. My point, yes, and to you, to your other point, Bradley, don't even get it. If even if it's just that, like you're like, oh, I just don't get enough servings of vegetables. This isn't going to help you. Eat some vegetables. No, it. It's like eating a fried piece of cauliflower. Yeah. It, it ain't cauliflower. Literally, it is less than two. This pizza is less than two servings of for vegetables. the whole pizza. Yeah. Okay. So you're not getting no, nothing. No, don't do good. it. Just don't do it. And also fake news. But if you just want to be happy and think that, you know, you're going to be eating pizza with Oprah, go for it. Just don't think that you're getting any happy pe- or uh, healthy, healthy. pizza. No, because you're not. Because there ain't no th- such thing. Here's the truth. Ain't no thing as a healthy pizza. Deal with it. You're okay. You'll be fine. Eat the pizza. When we return. Not every day, though, because then you'll just, you know. Blow up like a puffer fish, yeah, too. I mean, like, that stuff's got... I know, it's crazy. And her pizza has more salt. I mean, I, we could go on for <laughs> a sorry. whole other segment, but we can't. Because we actually have uncovered some serious science mm. that we need to share with people. Um, watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians makes you a bad person. Okay. I'll tell you why after this know. on my Talk 1071. We got some smart stuff for you right here on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And sometimes, just every twice in a while, when we are moved to do so, we like to share some news with you that will just make you that much smarter. For example, Bradley, watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians will actually make you a bad person. Keeping up with the Kardashians will make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. Why? Because. Science. Science. 
Okay, so this I is... I don't a, understand. Th- I know, right? But it just just know that it's true because it's science. This is a study that came out of the London School of Economics and Political Science. And uh, these researchers, um, it's a, and I, I can tell you their process, but it doesn't really matter. What they found was watching even 60 seconds of materialistic media is what they call it, including shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which... Um, portrays a family that is incredibly wealthy and very materialistic. Even 60 seconds of watching that will glamorize fame, luxury, and wealth to a degree that will make the viewers actually less sympathetic to the plight of the poor. So it basically makes you a compassionless rear end. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So don't watch it. It's not just rotting your brain. It's rotting your soul. Oh, okay. Well, so mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid that. Oh, that's easy. It makes, I'm healthy. It makes people more selfish. It makes people, um, uh, you know, pine away for um, luxury items that they believe can make them happy. And it makes them less likely to be giving to other people who maybe have less. Hmm. Wow. Take that, Kim Kardashian. I wonder, though, if it's just the Kardashians. Well, no, it's not. It really, they, they call it materialistic media. So anything that is perceived Lifestyles as... Lifestyles rich and famous, do you think? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Any, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, and again, there's, just trust me no. that there was methodology and that it it happened and that it's all accurate and scientific. But it's sciencey, so science. Okay, so science says mm-hmm. just here's another reason. So the next time you're like, I want to watch this show, or there's somebody in your life who wants you to watch this show, just show them this particular yeah. study. It's really easy to find. Just Google uh, "keeping up with the Kardashians" bad person. Um, also, Robin <laughs> Leach is still alive. Good, thank you for that update. Yeah, he works in Vegas. He's only seventy six. What years does he old. do in Vegas? Is he like a? Does he, you know, deal poker or something? He has a column in the Las Vegas newspaper, and he goes around and does a mini version of the lifestyles in the rich and famous, except the Las Vegas version. Oh, that's kind of neat. Apparently, he had a stroke last year in Cabo San Lucas. Oh, that's a bummer. I know. But if I were going to have a stroke, I mean, I wouldn't mind a stroke in Cabo. <laughs> I can't. I should not laugh name. at that, but it just sounds it's the name like of my mo- my it sounds like a movie. porn. One stroke in Cabo. Okay. 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 So now that we've offended half the audience, let's offend the other half. Yay. Those health nuts who love coconut oil. Mm. Turns out coconut oil is pure poison. (gasps) Really? Why? Because. You might want to put down your uh, bulletproof coffee for a moment or stop rubbing it on your psoriasis because coconut oil might not just be as fancy as you think it is. And by fancy, I mean healthy. So says one doctor by the name of Karen Michaels of Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health. That's a mouthful. Apparently, she did a talk recently, uh, a lecture, if you will, because that's what Mm -hmm. smart people do when they talk. Lecture. That means they just talk and they don't listen. 50 minute what? 50 minute <laughs> German language talk. She thought this was so smart, she needed to do it in German. Jawohl. Show off. The the German language talk is entitled Kakanat Ul an Uranut. I'm not going to do that cuz who knows what words. Did I just say Kakanat? Yeah, probably. 
It's German. Coconut <laughs> oil is pure poison. No, it was actually called coconut oil and other nutritional errors. Not so nasty, but she does say during the lecture, quote, coconut oil is pure poison. It's one of the worst foods you could eat. Okay. Now, that seems to run afoul. Yeah. Yeah. Of a lot of uh, press that coconut oil has had of late. It's like the exact opposite. In fact, right? Um, because people have been rubbing it on things, putting it in things, and allegedly it in their coffee. curbs hunger, helps you beat the post-wake-up brain fog. Um, well, also prevents gingivitis, sinusitis, gonorrhea, syphilis. Really? People pull it in their put it in their mouth to remember they do the oil pulling to pull it through their teeth. That yeah. that is not a comfortable. We experience. talked to a dentist. The dentist said, "Hey, how about a fluoride mouthwash? It's a lot easier." Mm-hmm. And that dentist is Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. Now, moving on. Do you want to throw the phone number in? One eight hundred fix my teeth. There you go. So. Um, Here's the thing. The reason that she says that it's, quote, pure poison is because of the science of saturated fat. And essentially uh, that the um, if you are eating a lot of this stuff, it will raise your bad cholesterol. And if you raise your bad cholesterol, that puts you at risk for heart disease, heart disease, cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. So that is the connection. Now, here's what I so that's one per, one scientist's thought on the matter right now she does reference a lot of other science that shows these things like many things in the world this is not easy so for me to tell you coconut oil is good coconut oil is bad don't listen to me what i will say is that i found interesting 37 percent of nutritionists also said that they would avoid it so it seems like you maybe should do some more reading before you use it in everything you yeah, do. Yeah, maybe um, moderation is key as well, right? Like most things in life, cauliflower crust pizza, Oprah. Exactly. I got a question for you. How do you react when you feel like you are overscheduled? I actually have a little more science for you. Can you- oh, 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 O'Reilly. Count on the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with Peak Long Life Universal Pre-Mixed Antifreeze and Coolant. Now just $3.99 after mail-in rebate. Limit supply. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.